You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad. And the Irish, one of the reasons why I got into broadcasting was to remind us constantly that the Irish people have been a contributor to global society and continue to be contributors to global society in a whole plethora of fields, be it academic, politics, uh, the arts, uh, sport, music, you name it, the Irish contribute. Well, a new book has just been published, and instead of talking about the Irish, it has actually zoned in on the southeast of Ireland and its famous Wexford people in history. And Des Kiley has spent some time compiling this and putting it together, and we're going to hear about it. And Des, thanks a million for coming along for a chat. Thanks for phoning, Austin. So, uh, we, greetings we, from Wexford. Yeah, well, we're say, taking it that it's Wexford people. We take it you're a Wexford person yourself. Well, I'm a runner in actually. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only ten years in Wexford. Oh, you're a blow. You're a blow in. Yeah, yeah, but but through my wife's family, uh, we have a Wexford connection, so it's uh, I get away with it. <laughs> okay. Well, seeing as you seeing as you're a blow in for for only ten years, where'd you come from? I'm from Dublin originally, okay. and then I. I was about 21, I moved to Holland for six years, and then I spent the rest of the time in North Wicklow, mainly around Greystones area, and then 10 years now in Wexford, so, and I'm still only 29. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Photoshop has you looking like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so anyway, um, I'm handy. At, I'm handy at the old Photoshop. Yeah. So, so, so before we talk about famous people in Wexford, uh, in all that time, this is your first book. So it is having been around, and you are only 29. You've had to learn a living for the last the last 11 or 12 years. Years. <laughs> what 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 is is your primary career? I'm a graphic designer. Okay. Yeah. And tell us a bit about some of that, and because uh, I know you're also into photography. Well, yeah, well, the graphic design pays, pays the bills. I'm not 29, of course. I'm nearly 40 years in the business of graphic design, and um, photography is just a hobby of mine, but I do quite a lot. I do wedding photography with a Polish partner of mine, right. well, business partner, and, yeah, just landscapes and portraits, usual, you know. But uh, I enjoy that. And over the last two years, I've been writing these, um, let's say, bite-sized stories about Wexford people who became famous uh, internationally. And there are quite a few of them. I mean, Wexford is a county steeped in history, as you may well know. And a lot of the stories, of course, go back to 1798. But there are more modern stories in the book as well. And, of course, Wexford and Waterford have strong... Canadian connections going way back because right. of the fisheries and particularly with Newfoundland. Yes, and of course Marconi. Indeed. Giuliano Mar Marconi, he set up a base here in um, Rosslare and the world's fir first radio message across the Atlantic was sent from Cornwall via Rosslare and Clifton in Connemara and was re received in Nova Scotia. That's right. That in December 1901. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of the people that, how many people, first of all, did you focus on in this? How many? I have 39 different people, and I have at least a half dozen more for a second edition next year. Right. And when, given that these are famous Wexford people in history, 
did you put a time frame? And by that I mean they just kind of said this is up to 1900 or something like that. Well, you have to be dead to be in this book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's one rule. Since it came out, people are saying, where am I? Where's, where's so-and-so? And I said, well, no, they're not... They're not dead yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as long as as long as you're dead, you're you're, you're qualified. That's it. And my young daughter, she's eleven, and she, she's going to continue the the series or editions when I'm gone, and I, I I'll be there, entered into it somewhere at the back. I think. <laughs> okay, that's the only way you can get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and then going back, who was the earliest you have been able to zone in on? Well, the earliest I have here is a man called William Lamport. I don't know if that rings a bell. He'd be better known as Zorro. Right, that would ring a bell. The movie character. Yeah. Now, he was, he was born in Wexford in 1611. Right. And he was um, burnt at stake by the Spanish Inquisition in Mexico in 1659. He spent years in solitary confinement and wrote um, 900 religious psalms. And he opens it up in Latin, um, introducing himself as having been born in Wexford, in Hibernia. Right. It's a very interesting story that a, a hero, of course, in Mexico, to the, especially to the... And he was a great hero to the underprivileged and the black people and the Mexican Indians. Wexford is a very old city, so... Mm-hmm. For someone like that, for Zorro, are you able to trace back or is there any folklore as regards where in Wexford he may have come from? Yeah, well, he was born in St. Peter's Church, which stood at one time in St. Peter's Square. You, you, I don't know if you're aware that in Wexford we have our own St. Peter's Square right. and once stood a church. So he was, there's a record of him being baptised there. And he... Um, he's, he... His brother studied to be a priest, and he followed him to Spain. And uh, oh, he had an amazing career where he was uh, kidnapped by pirates off the coast of France. Um, became a pirate for a couple of years, and then uh, escaped them into Spain. And long, long story. Yet he was sent by the the royal family in Spain to Mexico. And he operated there as a spy for the Spanish. But in time, took the side of the Spaniards who wanted independence from uh, Spain. Right. Uh, that's when the uh, Spanish Inquisition arrested him on trumped-up stories, and eventually he was uh, burnt at the stake. That was it. That was his story. Um, and then ho- Hollywood moved in eventually. Yeah, you, used an, you used an interesting phrase there, which in current times... Um, you could be say has a different meaning in that you said he had trumped up uh, charges against him. Yeah, well, it could be all fake news. All <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, Hollywood set him in Spanish California and named him Zorro. And that was that. He was in the silent movies. You may, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the silent movies. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So okay. if he is going to the uh, earliest that you've been able to trace at this point in time, uh, who, other, who else, what other interesting people have you come well, across? I, I can tell you somebody with, with Canadian connections was Robert McClure, who discovered the Northwest Passage in the Canadian Arctic. Well, he was born in Wexford, and he was a, a cousin of Jane Wilde, who, who, you know, her maiden name was Elgie. They're a well-known old Protestant family in Wexford. 
and her father was the rector of St. Tiberius Church on the main street, still standing, still thriving. And, yeah, he was born here, and, well, he is, it's a long, long story. I don't know if you want to tell the whole story. Right. No, we're not, we won't go on an article. <laughs> we won't go on an article exploration. But when you mentioned the, art, the Canadian connection as well, of course, Thomas Darcy McGee has Wexford connections. Thomas Darcy McGee, he was born in Carlingford in County Louth, but we'll, we're, we're claiming him here in the book anyway. Yeah, and, and he was a blow-in like yourself, was he? Another blow-in from, from County Louth, and at the age of eight, his father was transferred to Wexford, and he was a... Uh, what was he? He, he? he was one of these guys who 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 guided the ships into the into into the harbour, which was a busy harbour in the, those days. Right. So, like a pilot, who would have been a like a pilot. Yeah. yeah. His father was married to a woman called Dorcas Day. Her family came from Kilmore. Now she died shortly after they moved to Wexford, and she's buried in the old cemetery of Saskar Abbey, very historic in the town here, and. Um, Anyway, himself, Thomas, and his sister didn't get on well, so they they headed off to Quebec. Yep. And um, I don't know. He let me see. He this is not all in my head. I have to refer to my own book. Well, well, from our side, certainly the name Thomas Darcy McGee is very, very well known as one of the certainly known. Yeah, he was assassinated in your own city there of Ottawa. Correct, and he is the one of the fathers of Confederation. That's right. And that was in 1868. Yeah. And I have in my book that the turnout for his um, funeral was 80,000 people out of a, a population of Ottawa of 105,000. So quite incredible. Yeah, he kind of, he turned against the uh, Irish freedom movement at the time, the Fenians, and a, a Fenian called Patrick Whelan was um, hanged for the assassination of uh, Thomas Darcy McGee. That's right. And, and of course, that was an interesting case in so many levels. Whelan certainly <laughs> acknowledged that he knew what was going on, but always denied that he pulled the trigger. Really? Yeah. So who else? I see you have John Barry, who was the father of the American Navy. I have. Um, uh, yeah, he was born in a, a townland of Bally Sampson, which is towards Our Lady's Island here mm-hmm. in Wexford. And famously, he has a statue um, was donated by the U.S. government in 1957 that stands on the seafront in Wexford Town. It's been visited by two presidents of America, former President Eisenhower in 1962 and the following year by John F. Kennedy himself. It's interesting when you say that because I remember when John F. Kennedy came to Ireland in 1963. I didn't know Eisenhower came in 61 and there was certainly no big Ferrari about it. He did in in pouring rain. There's old footage of him from old Telefichere in the archive. Yeah, he he was there. He laid a wreath in the rain and went across the road to the old Talbot Hotel for lunch. And that was the end of that. That was his visit to Wexford. Yeah, a lot of people forget, forgot that. But he, he wasn't, of course, president in 62. He was former president then. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was laying the ground for, for, for John F. Kennedy the following year. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I see uh, uh, George Harrison's grandfather, the Beatles, uh, George, his grandfather, John French, is the native of Wexford also. Yes, and the Beatles themselves just made the news here locally last night because... 55 years ago, last night, the Beatles played the old Adelphi Cinema in Dublin 
I was only in short trousers now and I couldn't afford six and six <laughs> for, for the ticket. <laughs> uh, I, I was 11 at the time, just right. turned 11. Right. And um, Yeah, George Harrison's story is interesting. A lot of people in Wexford either don't know the story or they don't believe me. But I can tell you it's true. Um, it took me a while to track down his ancestral home, which is situated between Ballycarney and Ferns, not too far from Enniscorthy. The couple living there, the man Jim Murphy, is actually related to his part of George Harrison's family. In other words, they're still in the house, or what's left of the house. They built on quite a bit. But yeah, George Harrison's grandfather, if that's on his mother's side now, was um, John French. They used to spell it with a double F until John French emigrated to Liverpool and he dropped the first F. <laughs> anyway, that was in... My God, if I can remember all these dates now. No, anyway, he, like he, he moved to Liverpool, married um, Louise Woolham, and together they had whatever many children, and the youngest anyway was George Harrison, and that was 1943. And there, he still has cousins living in Rosslare Strand, the, the Frenches down there. And when, when the Beatles came to Dublin, as I say, 55 years ago yesterday, they first gave a press conference in the Adelphi, and uh, immediately after, George left to visit his cousins in Drumcondra, in the north of Dublin City. They were the French family. So... He came regularly with his mother on the ferry from Liverpool to Dublin to visit the the, the family in in Drumcondra. I have in the book a picture here taken outside the GPO. That was in 1950 when George is age seven. They were walking. There were a street photograph taken by somebody you might remember, Arthur Fields, best known as the man on the bridge. Mm -hmm. So that's in my book. I have a picture of him in visiting his sister in Illinois a few months before they arrived in 1963, September, to play Shea Stadium, and that was the height of um, Beatlemania. Mm -hmm. but in, five months earlier, nobody in America knew him or the Beatles. Amazing. So, so, so Dave, yeah. you mentioned there like that you have 39, and you said some of them, the likes of uh, George's relatives and people, have mm -hmm. questioned whether or not the, the veracity and some of these things. The sources that you were able to find and where you were able to find what you needed, uh, what, yeah. how hard was that, or what kind of um, archives are available that you were able to draw on? Well, well, just briefly to go back to George Harrison, I mean, I, I have the birth record of, of his grandparents, and I'm not the first person to write about this now. Um, in, in the house, they have a plaque from the Beatles fan club, 1999, that they had visited. And, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's not made, let's say it's not made up. And if you could see the book, the striking resemblance between his grandfather and himself, George and John French, is amazing. Absolutely right. amazing. The same chiseled features. Right. But anyway, there's absolutely no doubt on the story. Um, other stories in it, I have Dan O'Herlihy, if anybody remembers him from the 60s and 70s. You may remember him from the Long Hot Summer television series. Mm -hmm. Dan O'Herlihy was born in 1919 in Wexford Town. And he's buried here, actually. He was, right. he was only I think he died in 2005, maybe. He's buried here in the local Crosstown Cemetery. And... 
his son Gavin is is actor. He's living in Bristol, but he's he's an actor, a theatre actor. He famously played Chuck Con- Chuck Cunningham in the first episodes of Happy Days. You may remember that one mm-hmm. with Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Now, but yeah, so like yeah. as I say, talking a little about your research and uh, mm-hmm. the sources that you were able to draw on. Well, yeah, I, at the back of the book I have a bibliography, so I have lots of lots of books listed. So it's not all Google. So I've been many trips to the to the library. Yeah. And old newspapers. Right. And I have the you know sources like the National Library here, the National Museum, the University of Australia, the Wexford County Library, the Bureau of Military History in Dublin, even the the Canada History Archive, GAA Archive, because I do have some GAA. I have one story on Nikki Rackard. Oh yes. Yeah. Anybody interested in hurling? He was yeah. a, a legend in, from Killan. Killan is a village near Enniscorthy, best known for the song Kelly the Boy from Killan. That's right. And yeah, the Rackard family actually bought the house, or the site of the house, let's say the old house, where um, Kelly's, the Kellys lived. Yeah. It used to be a pub, the Rackard's pub, a nightclub. So then, of these 39 people as well, are mm. there any local landmarks that acknowledge and are trying to, in a way, I won't say capitalise, but bring attention to the wealth of uh, famous people like this around Wexford? Well, I'd say the number one attraction would be the, the homestead of John F. Kennedy, which, not John F. Kennedy, but his great-grandfather, Patrick Kennedy. Right. Um, Patrick Kennedy, well, we all know the story, he emigrated to Boston, and his son, P.J. Kennedy, was the father of... Well, <laughs> Joseph Kennedy, was it? The father. Yeah, jo- Joseph, yeah. Joseph, and there was Joseph Jr. who died in the Second World War, and was Jack was the youngest. So, yeah, that's the most, that's the biggest landmark we have, I suppose. So, you know, we have the, the, yeah, the Kennedy Homestead Museum. And nearby in Euros, we have the Dunbrody Famine Ship and Visitor Centre, which is very, very popular, probably the number one vi- visitor's um, attraction in County Wexford, right, that, right. and the Hook Lighthouse, famously the oldest working lighthouse in the world, eight hundred years old. Yeah, so I, got, I, got to, I got to yeah. visit that. Earlier this year, I got to visit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a nice, it's a nice trip, especially on a windy day. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep your hat on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Ted, you started this, you say, about two years ago. I did. So, two years of work, and you're already compiling the next list. I have a, at least a half dozen stories, as I say, to add to the next one. Yeah, what I did was, if I go back, and I just over the last two years, I've had a Facebook page, and I was adding these stories to it, and a number of people said to me, it's really not the place for these. You should put them in a book. I said, ah, yeah, yeah, I don't have enough. And But anyway, listen, I, I did it anyway. I, I took about two weeks, about two months ago, to compile it into a book. But in the meantime, since the beginning of this year, it appears in a local newspaper. Paper, I have a page article, it's a different story in each, every three or four weeks. And that's the old Wexford Free Press, a very historic publication, still still in existence, you know. When you talk about your Facebook page, mm-hmm. it is good to mention it as well. Uh, yeah. I, not- I noticed you have um, some uh, interesting links and storage of one there of Orson Welles. Uh, where he is on a uh, pony and, uh, well, an ass and 
trap. That's right, yeah. But he wouldn't have had extra connections now. This is no, 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 but I just, <laughs> like, yeah, some of the stuff that you have up there is quite interesting. And if anyone is looking for you on Facebook, I guess if they just do a search for you, you'll, you'll pop up there. Um, yeah. I presume the book is available through the online retailers if anybody wants to get their hands on it. Yes, it's on Amazon.com. I think it retails for something like $17. Right. But you, you just key in um, famous Wexford people in history and that's okay. it, you'll get it. And as a result, as you say, of the, the uh, Facebook page, and I guess once this kind of hits the shelves, it will provide the stimulus for people to contact you with more stories and more connections. I hope so, and I hope people come with any corrections or suggestions, because I'll, I'll keep it in mind for the next edition. You know, I can perfect, perfect the stories, you know, and, and add and subtract as I go along, which is the great thing with them. Um, publishing digitally these days, you know, you can update at any time. Right. And I will bring out another edition next year. Other than that, then, on the day-to-day -day work on the graphic design, that side of things, is you're being kept busy? I am. My main client is an art auction house in Dublin called White's, W-H-Y-T-E-S. They would be number two in the country after Adams. So I do all their catalogues, have done since they began in... 2018 years ago. Right. Yeah. In fact, when I'm finished here, I'm, I'm getting the bus up to Wexford with my wife. There's an event on where Ian White, the CEO of White's, is celebrating, would you believe, 50 years as an auctioneer. Wow. He, 50 years. Well, a long time. He started when he was in school in Black Rock College and still standing right. <laughs> still giving me work. Now, I suppose, Des, when you talk about that and the uh, art auctions particularly, it would mean yeah. that preparing a catalogue for that, you get to uh, come across some very interesting pieces. And Absolutely. in the prepar preparation of it as well, you would have a little bit of background on some of them. Exactly, yeah. I, I just got the latest catalogue in, in the post this morning. It's... Um, 160-page catalogue. You can see these on, online. You can see uh -huh. them as a PDF. You can click through the pages on Whites. That's W-H-Y-T-E-S. Right. Whites.com, whites anybody interested in that. So, I mean, there's some amazing stuff in this. This auction would, is valued at 1.4 million euros. So, so you'd have Yates in that and Louis Le Brocchi, um Well, all the big names. They're really so, all... So, Des, what would you say was the most there, interesting know. piece of art then that you have had the opportunity to photograph and put in your in the catalogue? It would have been a Louis Rebrocki in 2006, I think, which fetched 640,000 euro, which was a record for a Louis Rebrocki at the time. Right. Yeah. I just I just get to look at them <laughs> and, and, and touch them. I can never I can never dream of owning one. But anyway, <laughs> well, Des, I'm going to wrap up here, and I want to say okay. it's been a pleasure chatting, and thank you very much indeed for taking the time. And, thank you very much, Austin. Yeah. Every success with the book, and uh, if anybody wants it again, do a search on Google for and the title of the book is famous. Uh, let me make sure we have this right. The famous Wexford people in history, and the author is Des Kiley, and you'll find through Facebook, he has, uh, Des has a page there, and as I say, you'll find to be able to buy it online 
if you do a search on that. Des, thanks a million. Great. Thank you very much, Austin. And just to give you a list again of some of the names that uh, is in uh, the book, there's uh, William Laporte, Lamport, William Lamport, uh, also known as Zorro. And then there is uh, John French, the grandfather of the Beatle, George Harrison. Prince Michael Neal, owner of the Salty Islands. John Barry, father of the American Navy. Robert and Una Brennan, and they were Republican activists. Anastasia Codd, mother of the bard and poet Thomas Moore. Uh, Richard Corish, a trade unionist and politician. And Thomas Dixon, the notorious 1798 rebel. Jane Elgin, that was the mother of Oscar Wilde. And Harry uh, Furness, a Victorian caricaturist. Cornelius Grogan, 1798, leader of the Johnstown Castle. Robert McClure, the Arctic explorer. Thomas Darcy McGee, founding father of Canada. Dan O'Herlihy, who was the Hollywood actor. James Pierce, founder of Pierce Foundry. Uh, Min Ryan of the Ryan political dynasty. And Charles Vies, a popular portrait photographers, along with 22 other stories. And uh, as I said, that is... Uh, the book by Des Kiley, Famous Wexford People in History. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation.